Good day, everybody. I had a fun weekend. Uh, we hung out, my wife and I, and the kids hung out at a sort of a get-together braai with some of my mates from my army days. Yes, 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 yes. I still did two years in the army and the air force. And uh, our bunch of guys who were together got together, about 25 of them. Uh, and we just uh, hung out a whole day and we ate a lamb on a spit and as men do it, uh, what we ate was a lamb on the spit. You know, there was no potato salad, just a lamb on the spit the whole day. Uh, it was so much fun seeing everybody. Some of them look just like they did 30 years ago, just 30 kilograms bigger. Um, and uh, But it was really fun. So those of you who don't know, I was... Uh, in a kind of a choir setup, yes, yes, yes. I didn't shoot people. I just sang. Uh, we were called the Canaries, and um, uh, these men. Uh, it was it was like it was thirty years ago. There were just some patterns of behaviour, like you'd say, no time passed since then up to now. When you were in a little group of three or four people, the same group of three or four people who would, you know, sit and talk 30 years ago, the conversation would have the same patterns. Um, obviously, we'd all matured uh, and uh, grown bigger, most of us, but some things were just the same. <laughs> if you were there and you weren't part of the group, uh, my wife, Corrine, was one of the few wives who were actually there. My kids were there also. Uh, but, you know, if, if you were there and you weren't part of the group, I think it would be an, uh, you, you know, you just shake your head and like, I mean, these men are like boys, the way they're going on. Anyway, it was fun. Good to see everybody again. Uh, but the, the thought of patterns, recurring patterns, sort of forms part of what we're talking about today. So today's conversation is called Let's Talk About Revelation. And I think it's probably going to be part one because I don't think we're going to get through everything I want to say. Uh, it's going to be too much. So I'm going to stop halfway and then we'll continue next week. So life is full of patterns, patterns and systems and, and rhythms. Uh, your latest diet is probably, uh, you know, it, it consists of certain patterns of what you should be doing and should not be doing. Your latest training plan uh, probably has some patterns. You know, three times a week you have to you know, do this crazy uh, workout. Now we, we have rhythms in the morning, some of us. Uh, some of us have very uh, hectic rhythms. You get up at this time uh, when your alarm goes off and, and then you shower and then you do this and then you put your contact lenses in um, and then you maybe have some quiet time and then you make breakfast and then... And others, you know, Kareen has like no pattern really Her in the morning. She just sleeps as late as she can and then she... Uh, has an insane, whatever the case may be, half an hour, 20 minutes, 10 minutes of, of rushing and doing 20 things at the same time and it gets late out of the house. But that is also a pattern. Her lack of 
pattern and system is also a pattern. And if she, if I have to go out with her, uh, then her pattern that makes me late creates a pattern of frustration. Um, but patterns are generally a good thing. Uh, most of us somehow... Uh, work well with certain rhythms and, and systems. We we create rhythms and systems that work to simplify things. There are certain reports that must be in, and, and we hate them sometimes. But then, uh, when everything goes smoothly, we actually like the result. We all hate stopping at the red traffic light. Uh, I do. And uh, but we we were happy when it's green, and some of us don't understand what the orange one means. Um, but but eventually, we all abide to this uh, traffic system of red, green, and orange for a ninety percent, and we get to work pretty smoothly or back home pretty smoothly. And if you're on, a, on the way home and you're in a hurry and you're done. And if there were no traffic lights, it would be chaos, and you wouldn't get home. So actually, we're very thankful for this pattern, this rhythm, this system. Patterns can either enslave you or empower you. It's all about your perspective, really. Um, it's how you look at it. Uh, you know, if, if you'd say, "Ah, you know, I hate these freaking traffic lights," you know, they just. I'm a slave of the system. I just have to stop when they say stop. Why can't I be my own boss? Or, or you can say no. Well, they actually empower me. I'm very thankful for this. Otherwise, uh, it would have been a big mess. So, uh, let's look at the Israelites who, who had to go pick up manna every day, um, except the seventh day. Um, and you know this, depending on their perspective, you know they were either enslaved by this or empowered and very, very happy about this. But this system of theirs was sort of, I'd like to call their daily walk, where they had to go and collect enough manna for the day. Maybe you all don't remember this, but it was only enough for the day. And uh, you know, some people think they're really clever, so let's let's not have to do this tomorrow. So let's let's gather enough for tomorrow, but. That wasn't the system that God put out there. That wasn't the rhythm. The rhythm was a daily walk of, of collecting, of gathering. And for those, those who thought they were clever um, and would gather enough for tomorrow as well, uh, the next morning when they woke up, it would be full of maggots. Yeah, it rot. Uh, because that wasn't what God said. God said, enough for today, except the sixth day. And then you had to have enough for tomorrow as well. And tomorrow, if you'd go out and break the pattern... Um, and, you know, because the pattern was six days and then one day not. The pattern wasn't every day. It was six days and one day not. If you'd not listen and go on the seventh day to pick some up because you wanted it fresh, there wouldn't be any because what God said was every day just enough for today. Not enough for tomorrow and, and then it rots, but just enough for today. And whether you liked it or didn't like it, this was the system. This was your daily walk, and abiding by this would eventually get them to the promised land. So God often has patterns or systems that he uses to reveal himself or to connect with us. There are all these, what we think is crazy, these crazy systems and rituals um, with a temple. I'm not going to go into it, but if you read 
all the do's and don'ts and things that had to be in place when you accessed the temple in order to access God, or when the priests accessed the temple in order to access God. You know, there there was a system, and, and some people hate ritual, especially when you're young. I think you know everything in your anti-establishment. And I remember when I was young, and some people are still anti-establishment, but um, you, you sort of, you, you, ritual is, is, an, is a negative thing for many people. However, there's some, there can be a lot of beauty um, in ritual and rhythm and patterns. Um, because ultimately when God establishes um, ritual and rhythms and patterns, uh, the main purpose is it's, to connect with us and to engage with us. The point isn't the ritual, the point is engaging with God, going back to God's heart, connecting with God's heart, and God wants to connect with our hearts, and we often need those things just to get our heart back. I mean, going to church every Sunday is a pattern. And and, and connecting or going to your cell group or having fellowship, whatever, uh, and the point isn't the the cell group, the church meeting. The point is connecting with God's heart and Him connecting with our hearts. Now, back to this pattern of collecting, gathering manna every day. Now, inter- I don't want to read too much into this, but interestingly, uh, the word manna means what is it? What is this? What is these, this thing that God is giving us? to keep us alive, to feed us. What is this? We don't know what it is. What shall we call it? Let's just call it, what is it? Manna means, what is it? So, uh, God kept them alive, kept them going every day with the daily provision of, what is it? Now, uh, I'm going to go on a quick side note and, and just talk about the fact that God is a God of mystery. I love this about God. I love this that we can't figure him out. I love this that over ages and decades and centuries, uh, the, the mystery of Christ, uh, you know, the prophets talked about it and eventually it was revealed. And, and more about that later. Um, I, I love that he breaks open things and we have, to, we have to sort of get it. We have to discover it. I love that Jesus... Uh, tells parables and doesn't explain them. Many of them he doesn't explain. And you'd think he's such a great teacher. You certainly got to, you know, spell it out. Come on. But he doesn't. He just puts it out there. And if you if you wrestle with this and you eventually understand, good for you. And if you don't, well, then it's your problem. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is uh, Proverbs 25, verse 2. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and to search out a matter is the glory of kings. You see, it's a glorious thing to engage with God, searching out his mysteries and discovering revelation. It's a very kingly thing to do. You like that word? Kingly? Queenly? It's a glorious thing to engage with God as you're figuring this out. Um, on a holiday, my, my son and I, uh, Ricardo, he's 10, 
we were on the uh, on the uh, west coast at Mossel Bay, and we went to the strawberry farm. It was actually called the Redberry Farm, but everybody talks about the strawberry farm. And they have a maze. It's one of the biggest mazes in the, I don't know, southern hemisphere or something. You know, a natural maze with, with these bushes, and you walk through the bushes, and then you get lost. And you have to collect seven stamps, and you pay big money to go in there, and you have to collect these seven stamps, and then afterwards you're a hero. And uh, it was so much fun, you know, Ricardo and I went, it took us an hour and 10 minutes and we collected all the stamps and we got this badge that said, I completed the maze. But the fun was the process. The fun was not not having the badge. Well, that's fun as well, all the stamps. But the fun was actually searching, looking for it. No, we've been here. No, let's go that way. No, no, no. We, oh, we're getting lost. We've been here before. It's the same place. And we go again, we go again. Let's let's try that one and go left and, and go right. And, and ah, we got it. And, and we're going again, we're going again, we're going again. The fun was engaging in the process of discovery. It was so much fun. I have a photograph of that. We're very proud of what we did. It, it's, it, it was... It was glorious. And it's the glory of God to conceal it, to think, oh, I'm going to put the one here and the one there, and then Flaps and Ricardo are going to get lost. (laughs) And then they're going to find it eventually. Um, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search them out. Now, please don't confuse searching out the matter with a moanfully Asking the why question. I often talk about this, and and yes, you may ask why. But there's a moanful why. Why, God? Why is this happening to me? Why didn't I get this position, this job? Why did this thing happen to me? Why did I get this illness? Why did I marry this wife? Well, you chose that wife, eh? Let's just pause here for a short minute. You know, when a husband moanfully fires the why question at his wife, you know, why doesn't she seem keen on intimate action anymore? That differs vastly from engaging deeply with her to discover the secret of what is holding her back and will release her passionate heart again. Do you understand the difference between why? Why? Why don't you want to? Why do you say you've got a headache? As opposed to engaging and discovering and unlocking and releasing. Now that's why I say, don't confuse um, the why question with God uh, with a process of um, discovering the magic of God's secrets and the things that he conceals that he wants us to discover. One, because the process of discovery, think of our maze, Ricardo and my maze that we engaged in, the process of discovery is actually fun, is actually connection, is actually intimate. And then eventually the discovery, the revelation, is life-changing as well. And we said today's talk is called Let's Talk About Revelation, part one. We're, we're not even at the revelation yet. We're just getting there. Okay, let's just summarize. At this point, we've established that there are certain patterns in life that are good patterns, and often God creates patterns that sort of imply a daily walk, collecting or gathering of manna that's, that's part of, of our life resource, 
um, and in, in this process of, of gathering, in this process of daily walk, um, God reveals certain things and beautiful things, things about Him, things about mysteries or secrets that He's actually concealed that He wants to reveal uh, so that we can discover and um, experience the beauty of the secret and internalize it, etc., etc. Now, please, if we talk about this revelation, don't think that God's revelations can be watered down to simple instructions like turn left, turn right, do this, do that, leave this, buy that. Um, no. You know, we can ask God guidance, but, but the process of engaging with Him and the process of engaging with life thereafter is much more intricate, much more integrated. Um, and we should seek much deeper than a simple turn left or turn right because we don't want to make a decision or we don't want to take responsibility. Uh, and we're hoping God's going to guide us in a, uh, like, like you guide a baby. When my kid is two years old, I say, left, right, don't, don't touch the stove. Um, but as my kid grows older and older, I want to engage with that kid and see how that kid engages with life and actually makes decisions. I don't want to tell my 20-year-old kid, no, don't do this, do that. I want him or her to be able to make decisions. So don't confuse revelation or seeking God's revelation with simple steps of left, right, no, don't, yes, do this, okay, good. No, it's, there's something more. So... We're trying to discover revelation, even on a daily basis. And what is revelation? You know, to me, one of the easiest ways to explain this is to say, you know, that aha moment. You know, sometimes you can read something uh, or some truth uh, ten times. You've heard this a million times. And then suddenly it's like, oh, now this makes sense. That's revelation. You know, sometimes with a cartoon they draw the man and, you know, what he's thinking and, and he gets it. He, ah, he gets it. Aha! And then there's this light bulb above his head. It just it illuminates everything. Suddenly, ah, suddenly, ah, suddenly, yes, I get it. That's revelation. Obviously, it's not limited to what I'm saying here. Uh, it can be much more extravagant, much more detailed. Sometimes God gives, you know, crazy kinds of revelations like he did to Peter where Peter saw a very, uh, or, or to Paul, uh, both of them saw saw this this very extravagant picture of what God wants them to do for the rest of their lives in terms of their ministry. I'm not going to uh, expound on that right now. Um, and but often it's it's not this big thing. It's not like Paul or Peter got this kind of revelation every day of their lives. And what we're talking about today is a daily walk, a daily discovery. Now let's quickly go look at John 1. I spoke about this last week as well. By the way, if you missed last week's conversation on your nomadic positioning, that was quite something special. I would encourage you to go back and listen to it if you can. But uh, okay, John 1. We're looking at John 1 again. I'm going to quote exactly the same scripture as I did last week. Um, the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We're talking about Jesus here. 
a bit later, verse uh, 15, 16, uh, 17, 18, 18. Uh, no, no, 17, sorry. <laughs> for, the law, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So here's what I want you to understand. God blueprinted a new system, a new pattern of revealing himself when Jesus came to live on earth. Because the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God the Father revealed grace and truth through Jesus Christ. I want you to stay with me now. I want to close this morning's uh, conversation with this thought, but I want you to get this. Jesus was the manifest revelation of who his Father was. For us to discover the Father... The Father allowed His Son to come live and dwell amongst us. Grace and truth was revealed through the person of Jesus Christ. This was a new blueprint for how God revealed Himself to us. Now let's look at Jesus. So His core was pure. His core was filled with God's Spirit. But we also knew that he withdrew daily to engage with his father in the early mornings. So that's important. That's an important basic to understand. And even Jesus uh, did this. But I want you to understand more about Jesus in terms of revealing who his father was. Uh, Most of this manifested, listen to this, most of this manifested in the patterns of his lifestyle. He had certain patterns of of healing people, of engaging with people, of telling people stories that challenged them. And in this very natural process of engaging with people, he was showing them who the Father was. They were discovering the Father. The Father was revealing himself to them. Revelation was happening. In people's natural contact with Jesus, revelation was happening. To be honest, I think some things were actually even revealed to Jesus as he was uh, revealing it to the people he engaged with. Because some things are just a a natural process from God the Father to Jesus to us. You know, I sometimes find when I when I am uh, busy uh, engaging with someone and talking to them about life and and uh, you know giving some perspective, uh, you know, and, and to this person I'm talking to, it's this revelation. But as I am telling it, it's a revelation to me as well. Okay, but that's not my main point. Uh, my main point is that that in Jesus' interaction with people, God was revealing Himself to people. And I think what I'm trying to say is that it's not necessarily always a linear process of give and receive. Um, it's not necessarily, ah, oh, I got this now. Let me go and share this. No, it isn't always that. Sometimes it's just life. A daily walk of gathering manner and living life.
but that living of life is revealing to people who God is. Do you understand what I'm saying when I'm saying revelation is so much more than turn left, turn right, do this, do that? But revelation is intimately connecting with God the Father uh, on our daily walk. And then out of that, uh, people see God, people discover. And obviously out of that, I discover as well. Obviously, out of that, there are many, many aha moments that I discover another jewel, another diamond in the minefield, another, another something beautiful about God. Because sometimes we make God so small, but it's actually so big. Sometimes we make him small with our limited way of thinking, our very limited perspectives, um, even legal perspectives. We make God so small, but it's actually so big. And when we understand there's so much more to discover, and we find these beautiful diamonds, these new perspectives of who he is. Imagine after centuries of understanding the legal systems, God through Jesus reveals to mankind grace and truth. We can have a whole program on grace and truth, but those two concepts were revealed through Jesus. What a diamond in a minefield! What a jewel to discover! And with these thoughts, I'm going to draw our program to a close today. Uh, I've got a bit more that I want to share about Revelation and about uh, the process of God, of how God reveals things to us. But just for today, I want to I want to park it there. Maybe, maybe your life has been uh, a bit old school. Maybe your life has been a Life, or maybe you're in a chapter of your life where your 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 walk with God is, you know, is it's it's the old legal system. It's about just doing the right things and trying to please God. Um, where there's actually a a new a new way, when there's actually a way of of grace and truth. Or maybe you're at a totally different place. Maybe there is no daily walk. Maybe there is no gathering of manna and I remember for for those guys who gathered the manna every day it just it just looked the same but it was part of a bigger process of getting to the promised land maybe you're expecting every time that you gather manna you're going to find some diamond or some jewel or some amazing discovery but that's not how it works you've got to keep gathering the manna and the, and the jewels will come the diamonds will come but maybe there just is no daily walk for you because you don't really feel to be bothered about gathering manna because it seems so so um, mindless. You know, why? But if you don't engage in process, you'll never discover the diamonds, the beautiful things of God. Remember, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter with the glory of kings to search them out, and searching them out is not easy. It, it takes perseverance, but it is a glorious thing. A very kingly, queenly thing. Remember the thing about kings and queens. Kings and queens are people of authority. Kings and queens are people who get things right. And don't don't you want to be in a place of authority in this life we're living? Don't you want to be in a place where your spiritual authority really stands very highly? Well, then start searching out. Because that's what kings and queens do. 
they discover the revelation and live out of that. They live the revelation. And maybe you don't even know exactly how that should work or how should this process of gathering manna work for you. I'm not sure either. Well, firstly, you need to understand what we're talking about here. So, so if you must listen to this conversation again. Um, but then eventually, just start entering the maze like Ricardo and I did. Just start and allow God to do the rest. Because he, he values when you engage. And then he engages back. And then suddenly there's beauty. Suddenly there's relationship. And eventually there'll be discovery. And that is the end. With that I close and I hope that you'll be listening to part two uh, next week or maybe the week after whenever it is released. Uh, please uh, follow me on podcast and you'll be reminded of when a new track is out or a new podcast is out. Uh, you know, of course, you can listen to this on SoundCloud, on Polished Arrow or on our uh, audio stream radio station, Red Oak Radio. Just go to the website, redoakradio.com and uh, check out our schedule, different times of the week, uh, different presenters and my program also playing uh, on Red Oak Radio. It's called Word of Mouth. I do remember that uh, we're a team, we're a community. So maybe you can form part of what we're doing here and uh, ministry through media. And uh, if you want to be involved and you don't, have no clue as how to, just have a conversation, just talk to us. And maybe in some special way you can become part of what we do uh, through Red Oak Radio, through the Media Oaks and Oak Street and Media. This is Flaps and uh, it was great spending time with you. Please connect again. And uh, if this is meaningful to you, please share. Please share the SoundCard podcast. Share it on Facebook. Share the link. Let people know. Thank you. Goodbye.